Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ruler is the world's finest magazine of cycling and cycling culture. Established in 2006, Ruler interviews the world's biggest cycling names and covers the world's biggest cycling races. Visit our website at ruler.cc and subscribe to support our in-depth features, long reads, independent journalism, stunning photography and immersive cycling coverage. I'm Edward Pickering, I'm the editor of Ruler, and this is Ruler Conversations. We've got a special edition of Ruler Conversations for you today. We spent the second half of last week at Ruler Live, our annual show, which is basically the best cycling party in the world for the best ever edition of the event. We turned the Truman Brewery in Shoreditch into a celebration of cycling, with talks on two separate stages from the likes of Geraint Thomas, Annemiek van Vleuten, Vincenzo Nibali, Lizzie Dignan and many more. Dozens and dozens of exhibitors showing off the very latest and best bike tech. A ton of creative input from us at the magazine. And most importantly, more than a thousand cycling fans a day through the doors, who made for an atmosphere which is second to none in the bike world. And we're already looking forward to Rule Our Live 2024. It was a whirlwind three days and we're still processing our thoughts about the event. Everyone seemed to be having a really great time. We loved meeting our readers and the only regret is that it was over so soon. So in order to give you a bit of a taste of the atmosphere and what was on offer there, we managed to record some audio for Ruler Conversations. Over the next three episodes, we'll bring exclusive interviews with Gerard Vrooman of 3T and John Ebsen of Factor Bikes, plus a special episode focusing on the indie frame builders and bike companies who might not have the scale of some of the more famous brands, but who harness passion and artisanship to make some really cool bikes and gear, and who play an amazing part in cycling's ecosystem. But first, for this week's episode, I joined up with James Start, Ruler's roving photojournalist, to rove around Ruler Live and pick out a few highlights. I should add now that the audio was recorded in a noisy venue in which thousands of bike fans were talking enthusiastically and a little noisily about cycling. It will give you an idea of the brilliant atmosphere. So, without further ado, here's me and James on our Ruler Live walkabout. I'm Edward Pickering, I'm the editor of Ruler. This is Ruler Conversations live from Ruler Live. It is day three of the event. I'm a hollow shell of a man. My throat is shot from all the talking. And I'm here joined by James Start. James, how are you on day three of Ruler Life? I'm pretty shattered as well, but my throat's doing a little bit better than yours. You still got, what, two talks to do on the stage, I think? One more talk to on the uh, Garrett Thomas is going to do most of the talking, thankfully. And you're, you're going to have to do a lot of the talking on this podcast. But we're going to take a little walk around the entire floor of Ruler. Stop, stop off at a few places where we think the gear is particularly cool. There's no bad stuff at Rouleau Live, but there's so much cool gear here. So we're going to walk through from the entrance here. We're in the first room. We've kind of nicknamed this area Rouleau Live Fringe because it's kind of a little creative space 
There's um, a display of bikes. There is an art installation. There's the ruler editorial suite where we've been sitting and working. And there is the other stage, which is an innovation for this year. We've got uh, live talks hosted by Jez Cox and also an exhibition of portraits by James. But we're going to walk through. The first thing we've come to here, James, is this display of retro Colnago bikes. And I'm not even sure we're going to get any further through the exhibition. What do you see here? These are all such a thing of beauty that Colnagos always were. But, I mean, we have uh, one of Johan Muziu's Colnagos. I don't think this was the Roubaix one, but it was one of the bikes he was riding when he was winning Roubaix and, and all those great races. Uh, Johan has been here, actually. He still won't tell me what his, uh, his saddle height was or his gear, gear ratios, but, you know, that doesn't matter. Once a secret, always a secret, right? But that's just one of them. We got the gold finish. I think it was the Mexico gold. Uh, we've got the double tube, down tube which was such a such a innovation. I, I mean, I don't know that it was such a performance innovation because nobody ever picked up on it again, but it was such a cool idea. And the, the down tube, as a result of having two adjacent down tubes, the two tubes are, are thin. So you get the thinnest looking down tube from the profile. It's really cool. And then you got that beautiful Colnago red. So, I mean, these are, you know, Colnago was just always, you know, they stood for performance and beauty. And these are great samples of that. Yeah, the, the Mexico gold bike particularly, I'm not sure cycling gets any more late 80s, early 90s than a polished gold Colnago. Yeah, the lines on that is, are, are just amazing. And this is what we've been trying to do a bit more at Rulo Live this year is, you know, we have the stands with the exhibitors and that's a really important part. Of the show. That's the central part of the show, but we're trying to add a bit of kind of editorial interest as well. So these retro bikes are part of that theme. We're just putting on cool stuff for bike fans. What is great about Ruler Live is it's not just a trade show. We got great stands with great um, partners and great exhibitors. But then we have cool cultural stuff like the bikes or like uh, across, uh, just in front of them, this this uh, artwork by uh, Puncher, some of my favorite uh, cycling artists. These are the guys that made their name doing these uh, large scale stencils on the roadsides of the classics, you know? And last year they did one of those here, and this year they did something completely different. It was a sort of, I don't know, how do you describe it? Connect the dots, or it was just like... Uh, they've, they've basically made a, a giant picture. It's probably two and a half meters square of, of Geraint Thomas, and they've just used small... Let's go over and have a look, actually. They've just used very small, a, a very small selection of stickers from Rula, Cycling in Flanders stickers and Puncher stickers to just put them close together and, and made a recognizable picture of Garrett Thomas using just dots. Listen, and let, let, let's talk to uh, Tom, Thomas uh, Dem. He's one of the artists here. I've been up to see him in, in Belgium, see how they work, but he's here and he can describe it even better than us because you have how many thousands of dots behind this thing? Well, this is approximately 22,000 dots, a face made up of uh, yeah, thousands of stickers, uh, the three logos of, uh, of us, Puncher, but also from Ruler and Cycling in Flanders who we are with at the stand, you can win a, a trip to Flanders uh, where uh, this picture was taken up on the Camelberg in 2015 uh, where he became I think third in Gent Wevelgem. Yeah. Just to be clear, they have a large scale picture of Thomas going up, is it, is it the Camelberg? Yeah. And then they re recreated his face grimacing as it goes up with these 22,000 dots and when we got here on Thursday, this was a blank wall and they were just sticking up 
these dots one after the other. They go, only, 20, only 21,677 to go, you know? And it didn't look like anything. And then by the end of the day, you could start to see his eye. You said to me, so do you start to see Thomas now? I said, yeah, yeah I definitely do. Um, so it's been fascinating to see this thing develop. And it, it took about a full day to get it all together, huh? We actually worked until uh, half an hour ago. So it must have been oh, more than... Yeah, we started here on Thursday. We're now Saturday, so yeah. Two full days and a couple of hours, yeah. Anyway, I love your stuff, Thomas. I love Puncher. One Thanks of my so favorite. Thanks for your support. Uh, one of my, some of my favorite uh, creative thinkers in cycling. And, and tell us about some of the other pictures that you've gone, because your, your pictures are very visible yeah. at the Flemish races. Yeah, uh, well, it started out in 2017 when Tombone could have won the fifth time Roubaix as the first rider ever. So we wanted to do something to cheer him on, and we started with... Uh, yeah, painting his face up on the Flemish roads on top of the, the, the Paterberg was the first one. And you paint on the roads? On the roads, yeah. It started out illegally, in fact. But nowadays we, uh, we have all uh, kind of uh, bookings from cities, from big companies yeah, to yeah. paint for them. And what is it about cycling and the, the, the great rides of cycling that inspires you as an artist? Well, in fact, I was always busy with graphic design, but also love to ride uh, my bike, and especially on the cobbled sections that we have in Flanders and in, in Roubaix. Always been a big fan of, of, of cycling, yeah. and we wanted to do something more, and this, this is where all my passions collide, in fact. Yeah. 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 And lastly, are you having a good time at Rue Live? Yeah, very much. Uh, we're glad we could be back this year, and we look forward to next year already. Well, we'll see then. We look forward to whatever you create next year. If it's anything as good as the Geraint Thomas picture, people should be booking their tickets for Rouleau Live 2024 now. Thank you, Thomas. You're welcome. So we're now walking past the editorial section, which has been compared to a petting zoo, although a sign saying, please feed the journalists. The next room we're getting to is the independent frame builders room. And... We'll stop here just for a couple of minutes, James. I'm going to record a separate segment for this room, but what's been your impression of, of this, this room with the independent frame builders? Well, when I walk in here, I just say, there's not one bike here I wouldn't want to take home. All different kinds of, of materials. There's titanium, steel, and uh, carbon. And one after the other is just so finely finished and so well thought out that, yeah, I, I would love to have one of these. One of my favorite stands is, is Angry pa Pablo. And they don't have a bike. They just have T-shirts and water bottles. But I just love their brand so much. I mean, what a great name, Angry Pablo. I love them. It's just like a funky, cool brand. I think I'm going to pick up one of those T-shirts before I go. Now we're coming into this second room. And this is going to be the most challenging room for audio. So listeners, please bear with us because there's so many passionate bike fans in here having a good time that it's hard to hear. But I must say, James, we're here at the Q36.5 stand. And for me... This is the single coolest, most amazing thing in the show. I'm just going to come up to the stand. I'm going to describe what I see here. There is a Q36.5 shoe suspended in midair. You can get your hand completely around it. There's no contact anywhere. It is floating in air and spinning around. So Walter DeLuca, who is working on the stand, just passed a postcard around the, the shoe. So it is floating in midair. Walter, how do you make this shoe float in midair and spin around? It's the power of my mind. You must have a very, very strong mind. It looks amazing for me. This is the coolest thing in the show. You've had Vincenzo Nibali on the stand yeah. this week. How has that gone? It was fantastic to see how many consumers were queuing up to get a selfie with him and an autograph. 
I mean, it's it's a hero, and uh, it was good to see that recognition he got both on stage at the park. We also did a ride with him, and it was amazing. Yeah. Six in the morning, 150 people show up to simply ride with him. Yeah. And tell us about what what you've got here at the show, and tell us a bit about the Q36.5 brand. So we have. Uh, selection of uh, the most representative items we have we are displaying this shoe you mentioned earlier which okay. is a preview this this shoe will be launched in the market in late January but we wanted to have the feedback from the consumer here as a preview the response had been simply great we also have a mix of what is about to be launched in the market for this winter we have a one piece skin suit which is the most advanced solution for deep winter uh, cycling as well as some of the preview for the summer 24 coming up next year and lastly have you had a good time at the show we had enjoyed yes thank you very much good interaction we hope to see you next year thank you Walter your floating magic shoe is amazing I will say, James, I did, I did ask around about how they make that shoe float. There are, there are very strong magnets involved, and that's how they do it. Next up, James, you're pulling me across quite urgently to the SWE stand. So you've written an article about SWE for the latest edition of Ruler, the Futurology edition. Uh, tell us a bit about SWE. Well, I mean, they're making a futuristic bike. It's a total one-piece monocoque carbon, and I was there as they put it in the oven and, and pulled it out. It's kind of minimalistic. They don't have a lot of stickers and decals. It's just beautifully stitched carbon that lines up perfectly. It's glossed perfectly. There are no lines. There's no glue showing because uh, there basically isn't any. And, you know, light performance. The founder came from fine jewelry making. So he really understands the inherent importance of intricate details and he applied that here to, to carbon. And and he, to do that, he brought together a great A-team of former pros. you got Luca uh, Paolini and um, Paolo Bettini. They've been ambassadors. They've been riding the prototypes. They've been helping sculpt it and perfect it. And it's coming out on the market. It's a thing of beauty. Yeah. And explain the brand name, Sui. Right now, it has a kind of Swiss look to it because we have the Swiss flag. But it's actually they actually want it to be the SW from Switzerland and the I from Italy. They're right up on the Italian and Swiss border. Uh, and they bring together the technology of Switzerland, the creativity of Italy for a really elegant uh, design. It goes all the way to the fork, to the handlebars. In terms of modern carbon bikes, it's a thing of beauty. James, we've arrived at the Argon 18 stand. I've been passing by quite a few times. We had Mark Beaumont on this stand, the endurance cyclist, uh, with one of his models early on in the week. And uh, we're also here with Peter Ebro, the marketing manager of Argon 18. Peter, tell us about what you've got on your stand. Yeah, but uh, our stand, uh, this year we have uh, our new Krypton Allroad, which is our all-road bike that we introduced here in April 2023. And it's uh, a bike that is like the, the bike that can do it all, where, whether you're going road or off-road. So uh, you have the chance to win a frame set at our stand by lifting the weight and guess the weight of uh, one of the Kryptons in the gravel setup. But then we also have uh, Mark Beaumont's E119 uh, in uh, one of the bikes, uh, the bike that he used for, for going around Scotland. And he was here on Thursday to, to show and tell about the bike. Then we have uh, Team Novo Nordisk, a pro continental team. There, some pro, their race bike that they're using in uh, their team edition. And then we have uh, a track bike, the Electron Pro, which is uh, the bike that we uh, designed 
for, for the Australian track cycling team for the yeah. Tokyo Olympics. We've interviewed Mark Beaumont in the magazine before about his exploits. So how is it working with uh, an athlete like that? And what's, what is the interaction between the brand and Mark? Well, Mark is like a, a special ambassador for us because that he's also uh, a consultant. So he's, uh, he helped us in the process of designing and how, how the, the, the look and, and, and the features of the crypto should be. So he has been uh, in, in close dialogue with our R&D department in Montreal, in Canada, about how this bike should look like. So it's, it's the perfect build for, for people that, that both go road and offer, but also is doing the cycling adventures that, that he's uh, an ambassador for. Thank you very much indeed, Peter, for your time. The bikes look amazing. James, we're cyclists, we're cycling fans, and therefore we quite like a cup of coffee. I can see over here the Rocket Espresso stand. Should we go and have a look? Let's go have a look, and maybe if we're lucky enough, we'll even get a coffee. I've always lusted after a Rocket Espresso machine. Can you ex describe what you see before you? It's a, it's a vision in gleaming silver, isn't it? Well, I, I, even better, gleaming uh, stainless steel, I think. You know, and I love my, what they call in France, inox. It gives a a timeless kind of retro vibe to it, but also one of strength. There's no plastic parts here. These machines are just like as solid as you can find at a cafe or a bistro, you know? One day I will have one of these in my house. Yeah. Should we go and ask if they can make us a cup of coffee and we can see whether they taste as good as the machines look? We're just approaching the, can I ask your name please? Susie. Susie. Yeah, my name's Susie. Nice, Susie, nice to meet you Susie. And how is it going at Rouleau Live? It's good, yeah, it's really busy actually. It's been a really good flow of people. Yeah, it's been a really good stay, lots of really great customers. I'm from Artisan Coffee and I'm here with Pro Espresso. So they're there doing the machines and everything and then I've been giving out a lot of coffee today. And yeah, it's been really great. Susie's d demonstrating impressive multitasking skills with the seasoned barista by making coffee as we are doing this interview. The machine's really good to work with. The machines are amazing. I've worked with quite a few different machines in my time and this one's really fantastic. It's really well controlled and it, it's lovely. I want one myself, I really do. They are really nice. Yeah. And James and I were wondering if we could actually taste one of the coffees that you've made live on the Ruler Conversations podcast. That looks amazing. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, I'm trying not to make too many loud slurping noises on the podcast, but we're just going to try the coffee now. James is smelling his and just extending his sleeve so he can hold the cup properly. How, is, how does it smell, James? Already as I, as I smell it and the, the, the aroma goes into my nose and I, there's a, a lightning of my head. It's, that's how good it feels, you know? Yeah. By day three of Rouleau Alive, we really are in need of this. So we're just going to taste the coffee now. And it's got to go down down quickly in the Italian way, hasn't it, James? Yeah. Pure coffee. Great. A great balance. I've say, Susie, that is the best coffee that I have had at Rouleau Live so far. So thank you very much indeed. Okay, James, I've brought you over to the far corner here, just two steps over from the coffee machine. We're still absolutely buzzing from those espressos. We're at the Brother Watch Stand. So tell us about these, James. Well, you know, I, I always love a good classic watch. And these are some of those elegant watches I've seen in a while. Very original. They've got the sort of, uh, a sort of sporty look to them. They have, uh, like, just a sort of vintage chrono. The little tint of uh, rose for the uh, Giro d'Italia. This whole line is of, of watches is called the Grand Tour Chronograph Series. Yeah. And they've got, they've got yellow detail or red detail or pink detail, obviously. Uh, the pink one, I think, uh, it just kills me. I think it's so elegant. Um, and uh, I'm going to have to take a real close look at it and maybe try it on to, 
to, I don't know, actually if I tried it on, I, I might go really into the danger zone very quickly. I'm here with Magnus from Bravo Watches. Magnus, can you first tell me a bit about the brand and what you're doing here? Yeah, so we're a Swedish brand. We've been around for 10 years approximately. And both uh, me, I'm one of the co-founders, and my colleague uh, Johan here. We are passionate cyclists. We've been riding for 30 years. And we combine our passion for cycling and watches and uh, make watches uh, with a lot of cycling inspiration, basically. Cycling and time are so inextricably linked together that it's the perfect combination. Yeah, I think so. And also, of course, there's a lot of style in cycling. It's important with having the, the right, uh, right sock length and uh, having a nice watch when you're riding as well. Yeah. Uh, we think it's a perfect fit, basically. Yeah. So, tell us a bit about the watches you've got here. So our first cycling inspired uh, collection was the Grand Tour series, which we have on display here. And as the name suggests, uh, they pick up inspiration from the three Grand Tours. Uh, so we have the La Grande Boucle here, picking up inspiration from the Tour de France with the yellow accents, but also more subtle details, like there's a subtle polka dot pattern on the dial, uh, which of course is a reference to the King of the Mountains jersey. There is a 12-hour uh, index, it's inspired the iconic French milestones you find along the mountain roads in France, telling you the altitude and how far it is to the summit and so on. Uh, and there is also an upside-down number 13 on the minute track, of course a reference to the long-time tradition to turn the race number 13 upside-down. Yeah. So our idea is to have like these subtle uh, details that if you're into cycling, you will find these small details. If you're not, you can still appreciate the watch. And there's one more watch which really, I mean, I, I think they all look amazing. Yeah, but there's one which, for me, stands out. Yes. And it's the Mercia Purple yes. watch. And I just, the, the colours, just to me, are so evocative. So tell me about this watch and the others in the little series. Yeah, yeah so this is a brand new series. It's actually not yet launched. It's called Team Heritage and uh, it's picking up inspiration from iconic cycling teams from the past. So, for example, the one you mentioned, the Mercier uh, team, uh, picking up their purple and yellow colors. So it's really an amazing source of inspiration for us. The first models we launch are from three teams, so to speak. Uh, so Mercier, Peugeot team, and also the Renault Elf team. Yeah, and each uh, model feature uh, colors and patterns and textures from the teams. The iconic Peugeot check pattern yes. is there in the in the numbers. Yes, correct. So the, our indexes are black squares. There is actually a subtle green frame around the, the, our indices as well, a reference to the Fifi logo uh, that they had on their arms. And there is a checker pattern on, uh, at the center of the dial as well, and also at 12 o'clock here. This is the Renault Elf team. Uh, cycling uh, watch. It has a small cycling cap at six o'clock here, and also on the case back you'll find a, a cycling cap. Yeah. Uh, so subtle details, basically. These watches are not—they're not flashy. They're not enormous, but I, th I think you summed it up. They're, they are subtle and they're really elegant. And I think true cycling fans will really appreciate the subtlety of the designs. Yes, definitely. We hope yeah. so. And uh, we've got some really good feedback here. It's amazing to be at this event and meet all the all the people here. So. Well, thank you very much for joining the show. I hope you enjoy the rest of it. Thank you so much. So just at the exit of this room now, James, and we can see something that you've been invested in. This is the photographic display of the Mark Gunter Photo Awards. And I know we talked about this before, but just take us through what you've got here. Well, um, yeah, I helped uh, bring Mark Gunter to Rouleur last year. We put together a really great team of judges, not just cycling people, but art collectors and 
what is the Mark Kuntra Awards? There are these, uh, you know, the preeminent cycling photography awards dedicated to Mark, uh, who was a, a tremendous cycling photographer from Australia and sadly died several years ago in 2015 uh, of cancer. It hit him very quickly. And so his wife put together, Leanne put together this competition in his honor and also to create a link between Mark and his son. Uh, so his son remembered what Mark's legacy. And it quickly gained a lot of traction. Now, there, there are a lot of photography awards out there, but you know, for myself as a cycling photographer, the Gunter Award is, uh, is, is pretty high up there. You, know, you, you, you want to you win that and, and be part of that. And uh, I, had, you know, I had competed in it, and then I said, you know, I think it would be really great if we could collaborate, and we did. And so then I became a judge, which was really interesting because I saw just how good, how good the competition was you know, and anybody who made it into the top 10 has an outstanding picture. Uh, and anyone, I, I mean, the battles that we had in the jury selection, what was going to be first, second, third, fourth. I mean, the first place, I'd say the first place pictures were both pretty unanimous. And after that, it could have been, the second place could have been 10th, third place could have been 7th. We you know, it's just, it could have gone either way, anyway, for a lot of these, because they're all so good. So part of the deal is that... It's not just a trophy to give to somebody, but we're, you know, we had a selection in the magazine and also now here a selection uh, at the awards. We'd hoped to have all 10 finalists, but there simply was not enough space. It was important for me to give space to the pictures we did hang and really show off the awards. So we have about the top five on this wall from both the amateur and the pro category, and then uh, sixth and seventh places on an adjacent wall. But yeah, I mean, it's so wonderful to see see these here printed big like they deserve to be not on instagram not you know not not small pictures big you know exhibition quality pictures and that's what i wanted with this so i'm really happy to i you know i hung this exhibit and i had a lot of fun doing it uh, a lot of love went into this a lot of love went into the picture taking and i thought it's only just that we give that a lot of love with the exhibition and of course cycling fans are i think they're connoisseurs of great photography. Photography is an integral part of cycling's aesthetic in a way that very few other sports are. Other sports have a lot of action photography. Cycling, it's way broader than that, isn't it? There's so many. So just talk us through a couple of the pictures and what the, the kind of variety we've got here. I mean, our best action shot was by my, my, my friend uh, uh, Eloise Meva, an Italian, a wonderful, wonderful journalist. I, you know, I, that was way up there for me. I thought that was going to be first or second. And that's Jonas Vingegaard yeah. time trialling through a cave okay, in the 2022 yeah. uh, Tour de France. Right. Let's leave this room. Acoustically should be a little bit more forgiving of our audio equipment here. We're just walking up the ramp into the cavernous main room and we're going to take a right turn and walk towards the alluring yellow glow of the Lotus stand. Now James, they've got a brand new Lotus here. I think it's the Lotus e-bike and my god James sleek black shiny lotus colored and it's an e-bike as well it just looks amazing it's it's suspended in a kind of glowing cube of yellow lights and you can almost hear the angels singing as this bike hovers in midair can't you well it's not floating like the shoe but it, it just about is lotus make such great bikes and i mean they embody speed this bike without the electric component is already a speed machine to give it electric assistance. I mean, how fast do you want to go? But it you would never know it was electric bike. It's so elegant. 
and um, it's got this whole new rear triangle that they've been working on, which is just almost like these wings, and yeah. it's so it's so original and, and, and aesthetic. And it's funny because you know in our last issue, the Futurology issue, uh, I did a feature on a, this time trial collector who has been collecting all these epic time trial bikes from the 80s and 90s, and his prize jewel was the Chris Boardman Pursuit Bike, where he won the gold medal. One of those uh, is on display here, but that was already so futuristic, and what, what's interesting to me with the new Type 136, they still somehow, even though it's a very different machine, enhance that elegant sense of aerodynamics and, and beauty, and, and they are very original bikes. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned it, let's just stroll over a couple of meters to what in my eyes is, if not the main event, then the joint headliner, because we've got the, an original monocoque Lotus Sport uh, Chris Boardman replica bike with the, the single fork and the single seat stay on the back. And to my mind, this is one of the most elegant, iconic, beautiful bikes in the history of the sport. Bicycle design never got better. Every piece is custom designed, custom molded, custom conceived. You know, the, the idea of the front fork and the rear fork being just on one side. And, and all of a sudden you look down and you got this perfectly lined up bike, but there's only one fork, you know, and, and, then, and then the wheel is open on the other end and it, it goes, with, goes on both sides. Just the sleek lines, I mean, curve, it, and Lotus is, what a great name. When Chris Baldwin rode it and won the Olympic gold medal, it just flowed around the velodrome. It's liquid speed. But there's something, there's something not many people know about the Lotus bike. Journey. If you just come around to the angle I'm looking at, we're now in front of the bike, looking at it head on. Yep. If you look, James, the front wheel and the back wheel are not aligned. They're not straight. Whoa. The back wheel is slightly offset from the front wheel. Even after photographing it uh, last month, I did not notice that. Yeah, I picked this up in an interview I did with Mike Burrows, the original designer. He said that's just kind of the way the frame was built, and it, it does. The main point is, it doesn't matter to make the frame work. It had to be this shape, and part of the cost or the part of the consequence of that was that it was the front and back wheel weren't aligned, which I've always thought is amazing because, in all other respects, this bike is smooth, balanced, looks amazing, but. It's kind of counterintuitive that crazy. the wheels aren't lined up. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I did not know that. But yeah, I mean, this, this bike was so revolutionary. While we're on a retro theme, look at what we've got here behind the, the Lotus stand. It's the Bianchi Ciclisti Artigiani London Cycling Club. And it's a collection of retro jerseys and retro Bianchis. And you're going to love this, James. So let's go and have a look. I'm all over this. I already came over and visited them. I mean, the selection of, of Bianchis and Celeste goes back, I think, 1912 or something, 1916. I mean, they're just amazing. And these guys are just, it's just a cycling club. They're fans. They do aeroica. And they meet on the weekends with their vintage uh, Bianchis. Uh, apparently, some guys do show up non-Bianchi, and that's okay, too. But they decided for Ruler Live to bring together all their wonderful uh, Bianchis. They got a uh, 1958 world champion, the whole evolution of Bianchi, and, and you know, it's so unbeatable. They got this whole wall of wool jerseys, so it's a beautiful installment. Yeah, there's about probably, probably a good 40 jerseys here. Can you just pick out and describe one favorite? So many of these jerseys have such, so many memories for me. I mean, Stephen Roach's pink jersey from the Giro d'Italia, which I just, you know, always love. 
the different Bianchi jerseys. I remember the, the Wix Splendor Europe decor because when I first got into the sport, I think Claude Krikelian was world champion or was one of the great riders, and he had this cool orange Splendor bike that went with it. Yeah, I, I and, love that. And, and obviously our, our listeners can't see the jersey, so just describe that Wix Splendor. Well, I think it's a, a Sean blue, Kelly blue, one, maybe. Yeah, it's got a blue shoulders and a white panel for the, the sponsors, and then this sort of orange, black, and white check. I don't know what I would actually wear it, but I just thought it was really cool. I mean, if I was going to actually go for a bike ride in one of these, well, it would maybe be, um, you know, just a, a straight-up Giro d'Italia wool jersey. It's, it's pretty great. And then, of course, they got the epic, iconic Brooklyn jersey, which I've, I've, I've bought retro versions over the years. So they just got a lot of really cool stuff here. Yeah. I've managed to narrow, narrow my list down to two. First of all, the GS Cinzano jersey it's pure style it's just a black jersey with a Cinzano leg on it what more do you want in a cycling jersey but the one that I would be wearing on a ride out today would be that silver and blue striped Atala jersey which I've always found to be just for some reason inexplicably because when you describe it it doesn't sound it but I find it one of the most elegant jerseys there has ever been but we, we I'm gonna I'm gonna bring us over now to and we're gonna have a chat with Bob who runs this stand I just brought James over to Bob Johnson who is the master of this Bianchi display so Bob first of all how are you enjoying Rulo Live? Very good it's brilliant it's been brilliant two years we've been doing we've come here now it's been fantastic so very happy. very happy so tell us a bit more about the the bikes and the jerseys you've got here and also the story behind how you came upon all these these bits of gear okay what it, what it is really it's a, we we've got a bike club called Cicliati Giannale and we ride pre-1987 bikes for the Eroica type events all over the world and obviously when you have one bike to you know, to do the event you end up with five or six and Rouleur asked us to come here to show a display of team bikes from the 50s through to the modern day and we put them together as Bianchis and we've got the jerseys that go with the with the teams and the display above is just jerseys from the period that's Tommy Simpson's world championship jersey that's Tommy Simpson's jersey these are Brian Robinson's jerseys. So we have a collection of jerseys and bikes and that's why we're here. Yeah. And I can see behind you, you, this one is a 1916 Bianchi Model D. Yes, this is Oscar Egg's six day race bike that he raced in Madison Square Gardens and Buffalo during the First World War. Uh, he was Swiss and he was the world our record holder three times. He held it longer than anyone else. And this is his actual bike that he raced in, in 16 to 21 in America. I would say it looks in remarkably good shape considering it's 107 years old. And are those wood, are the rims? Yes, they're wood rims and they're still made today in Italy. I tried to restore it. I found it in a state, um, but it's restored back to how it was. And yeah, wood rims, uh, fixed wheel, 107 years old. Which bike out of these would be your favorite? Oh, I ride the Gimondi replica, the 1976 Bianchi, which is a Gimondi World Championship record. You know, it's a replica bike Bianchi put out with uh, World Championship bands on it, and I ride that. That's my daily ride. And what is it about Bianchi that seems to have grabbed you? Well, it's the oldest bike manufacturer in the world still in business, and if you followed racing from the 50s on, you know, they had Gimondi as a world champion, Copy, probably the finest cyclist that ever lived, rode for Bianchi. 
Pantani wrote for Bianchi. It's it's part it's part of the history and the romance of of cycling. And we started a club just for riding old bikes and going to going to events like Eureka events around the world. Thank you, Bob, and thanks for bringing these beautiful bikes and amazing jerseys to add a bit of, bit of colour yes. to Rulo Life. I'm interrupting this podcast to remind all listeners to subscribe to Rouleur, the world's finest magazine of cycling and cycling culture. Our latest edition, out now, is Rouleur 123, the Futurology issue. There is some amazing bike tech in Rouleur 123. We went to watch a sweet aqueous being lovingly built. We've got a story about the amazing Canyon Grail. We've got the inside line on the collaboration between BMC and Red Bull Racing. And there's a fantastic story about the Parisian AI art collective who decorated the Lapierre frames used by Group Armour FTJ in the Tour de France. We also got access to an amazing collection of futuristic time trial bikes from the past, conceived around the time in the early 1990s when TT bike design was suddenly exploding and the bikes looked more futuristic than ever before. There are also stories about the future of the sport. We've looked at the past, present and future of women's time trialling, along with a special feature about how rider scouting is changing. And of course, we've got a range of in-depth interviews with Greg Van Avermaet, Taco van der Horn and Jay Vine, all of whom have fascinating perspectives on their careers and the sport. There's also an amazing feature about the Miami Blazers Criterium team, which is essential reading for anyone interested in the future direction of the sport, and much, much more. Rouleur is the world's finest magazine of cycling and cycling culture, and Rouleur 123 is available now. To support our journalism and receive a magazine every six weeks, please subscribe. Go to rouleau.cc, hit the subscribe button, and enter the code PODCAST15 to get 15% off our regular subscription price. And now, back to the show. James, we've reconvened. You had to quickly run off and do a photography job. We're back in the main hall at Ruler Live. So here we are by the Ribble stand. Yeah, Ribble, I mean, you know, one of the oldest brands out there, one of the oldest British brands for sure. And, and yet they stay very modern and very, very hip. They always got a great look. They always got great ideas from like the RAF Green bike here to, to this really cool mountain bike by a by an artist by the name of Vic Lee and this really cool festive modern paint job, pink, uh, black on pink, and it traces the history of through the Ribble Valley all the way to London over the century, and it, it's a gorgeous mountain bike. It's just funky and modern and looks like a ton of fun to ride. I'd love to, I, I'm not a big mountain biking guy, but I'd love to be on that. Yeah, it's, it's pink with flowery decorations. Got references to Brick Lane and Shoreditch, of course. Rulo Live takes place in the Truman Brewery just next to Brick Lane in the heart of Shoreditch. So it does it, it covers the whole history of the brand. Yeah, and that's one, one of the things I love about Rulo Live is some of these brands, they get so into it. Ribble's got this cool mountain bike. There's a whole lot of special designs just for the festival. I think that's, that's, that shows just how much it resonates throughout the year. I know it does for us, but I think it does with, with everybody else. And, and and then they have just this like really cool stripped-down metallic bike. Another thing of beauty, I, I like really clean stripped-down uh, bikes. It's all really tasteful. Yeah, I appreciate the, the Ribble story at the moment. They've really reinvented themselves. Like I said, they're a, a very historic brand. You know, when I was a young cyclist in the 1980s, Ribble Cycles used to advertise in Cycling Weekly. They're based in Lancashire in the Ribble Valley. And for me, evocative of the 1980s, but of course we're in the 2020s now, and companies can't stand still. And in the last few years, with their designer, Jamie Burrow, former professional, they've absolutely revolutionized themselves, reinvented themselves. 
they've kept and retained and will always pay homage to their long, long history because that is, you know, that counts. But they've also moved with the times. And in the last few years, the bikes that they've come up with have just been amazing. Different brands, be it Ribble, be it Chinelli, be it Colnago, they're all looking for different ways to respect their history and keep it updated and modern. And Ribble's doing a great job. And we go back quite a long way, James. You're 60, I'm 50, and you realize that we've got to keep reinventing ourselves as well. Here we are at the Condor stand, James. And I wanted to show you this bike because I thought this would appeal to your sense of aesthetics. This is the Condor Super Achiao Disc bike. Describe what you see before you. I see a splendid motif of the Columbus Dove all over this bicycle with a, a kind of iconic blue. It's not a Geos blue, but it, it reminds me of a blue we once found in the uh, some of the Eddie Merckx's in the 80s, say like on the Motorola blues and stuff. It's, it's, it's really a cool bike and I love Condor. I've, I've been to Condor's shop a couple times, been in their archives, you know, with, showing the pictures with Mick Jagger on his Condor and, um, you know, another uh, historic brand, but that has to keep getting updated and they do too and they have an aura about them I think I mean very British timeless but modern and I love their designs I love them timeless but modern a bit like you James <laughs> thank you I've got something to show you over here James which I think you're gonna like what do you think of Mads Pedersen he's a bike racer's bike racer the worse the weather is the better he gets the longer the, the races the better he gets the harder it, the races the better he gets I mean that's that's a bike racer's bike racer so I'm going I'm to show you Mads Pedersen's bike, which has got the most amazing paint job. It's on the Pirelli stand, obviously Mads rides for Little Trek, but here we have Mads Pedersen's, I would describe the colour, but it's almost impossible to put your finger on. It move, the, as you move around, the colours change. It's got iridescent gold fading into purple, into yellow, into blue, into turquoise, and to me, that paint job is just the best you can get. It's over the top and it's so modern. And to boot, a sparkling gold chain. I mean, how good is that? But, you know, he's a world champion. He can get away with that. I've been to, to Waterloo and visited their, their factories and their whole finishing area, and they've got some really stunning finishes. They're state-of-the-art. You know, they're Project One state-of-the-art. And it's, yeah, I mean, uh, that Mad Pedersen's riding it is only fitting. I'm just moving over to Sam Moy, who works for Pirelli. Tell us about how you got Mads Pedersen's bike on your stand and tell us about the bike and especially, from your perspective, the tyres. So, yeah, it's Mads' tour bike. We got it from Trek Segafredo. Pirelli, they've got their um, sponsorship. So, yeah, we contact Trek. They send us this beautiful-looking bike. Tyres that are running is P0 Race tubes on this one rider preference whether they run tubes or um, tubeless and this one will be running tpu tubes so you know saves the rolling weight rotational weight but yeah i mean it's a beautiful bike gets a lot of attention pirelli at the forefront of tire design in cycling they're up there now you know they've only been back in cycling since 2017 off the top of my head the strides they've made since then are quite phenomenal a lot of their manufacturing is now moving over to their own factory which gives them a lot of control over tech and what they can do obviously Pirelli is one of the main in motorsport so yeah they're taking on the cycling trade thank you very much Sam the, the bike looks beautiful the tires look especially brilliant thanks James you, something's caught your eye over here 
Well, it's uh, Ben Healy's uh, Cannondale Lab 71 with this custom bait shop that he broke out in the Giro d'Italia. I was down at the Giro shooting bikes and I was like, oh, I gotta have that one. That is gorgeous. It looks like an, you know, an abstract expressionist painting in some ways. And I just saw this in Paris, this amazing retrospective of Mark Rothko, one of my favorite painters. And I always thought if I custom colored my own bike, I'd try to get a little Mark Rothko in there. And this Cannondale does that. Uh, not necessarily the same color schemes because Cannondale is using a lot of pink here, which is not necessarily a Rothko color, but that's okay. I love pink on a bike, and I think it's so elegant. And so, James, we're on our penultimate stop on our tour of the Ruler Live main room. Where are we? Chinelli, bring it on. I love Chinelli, always have. Love the brand, love their connection to art, to history, and keeping it modern as well. They have this great line. It's not their most expensive bike, but the, uh, the Nemo, a great road bike. It's been a great gravel bike. And they just announced last week they're going to start bringing the frame building back to Milano, to the original factory, and be doing their Nemo uh, steel gravel and, and road bikes, I believe road bikes as well, in the factory in Milano. I really love that. I really want to go down there and, and visit with them with some of the frame builders as they're working. Always got great colors, sleek designs, this sort of how do you call it, a pearloid pink that I think is just so elegant. And a very historic brand as well. One of the most historic, and again, uh, you know, going back to their, their longtime uh, CEO, uh, Antonio, you know, a real passion for art and visuals. Uh, he was an art collector himself. And, and that, even though he's no longer worth the brand, that's very much something that I think is carried over here. It's funky, it's always cutting edge, and a lot of fun to ride. Yeah. And something that, that strikes me, I mean, we're, we're in a trade show, in the trade show part of Rouleau Live, and all the stands are brilliant. Everyone's made a real effort to showcase the products, make the stands look great. I really do like the Chinelli stand. It's kind of a bit more, bit more funky, bit more creative. It's got a, a backdrop of various different Chinelli logos over the years, kind of rendered in a cartoon style. And that, to me, you know, adds an extra layer of kind of intrigue and makes me, makes me kind of identify the brand a bit more, makes, makes, me, you know, makes me interested in their products, even though it's, it's merely a backdrop to their, their products. But it just shows how cool the brand is. I'm here with Lucas Schocknick, who works at Canyon. Lucas, can you introduce yourself? Tell us what you do at Canyon. Sure. Um, my name is Lucas. I work for Canyon as a senior design engineer. So I'm basically designing new stuff, new bikes. And speaking of new bikes, tell me about the models you've got here because they look absolutely amazing. Yeah, on our left we have the Speedmax Trek, um, which is one of our newest models. It's a Trek-specific uh, bike we actually made. We started the bike together with Chloe Dygert. So Chloe Dygert actually, when she, uh, she signed for Canyon, um, she actually requested also a Trek bike and therefore we started to build the bike for her. And uh, in the process, we also signed up uh, with Danish uh, track team, and they are pretty, uh, they are pretty excited about the bike. And we also, and we're looking forward to it. We have the Olympics next year, and this will be the, the first proper race for the bike. How is it working with Chloe Diger? Is there a lot of feedback from her? Is she involved in the design process? Absolutely. I mean, for this bike, it was a bike specifically built for her. So of course, her feedback was crucial in the development, and she wasn't that happy actually with the bike she had before. So there was some, some really good feedback what we can do better. It was really good working with her. Um, there were some, some small improvements, but also some bigger improvements for the bike. And we definitely learned a lot um, from her. And what else have you got here on the stand? And we have also our Aero bike here. So this is our Aero. So it's basically one of our uh, main road bikes. Uh, the majority of the teams actually use the Aero bike, actually high-end Aero bike. Um, but it becomes more and more like the all um, yeah, the bike they use like every day, also on mountain stages and stuff. 
So we see that actually the Ultimate, which is a super lightweight bike, people not using that anymore, so they really um, go more for the aero now. I've been passed across to your colleague, Matthew Leake, who's going to tell us about the third bike on, this, on the stand. We have launched a new Grail recently, uh, just in mid-October. Second generation of this bike, uh, quite a step change to the first generation Grail, which is like fairly iconic in its design with the double-decker handlebar. The new Grail is a much sharper, more performance-focused bike for the new world of gravel racing. Um, really developed with feedback with the likes of, you know, US gravel superstars, guys like Pete Stettner, um, and it's been used in racing this year. It started at Unbound, that's where it first broke cover. Had a fairly successful first outing with Carolyn Schiff winning the women's race and uh, Tiff Cromer winning the 100-mile race. So, uh, yeah, finally available to, uh, to the public and not just for gravel, but it's a great sort of uh, all-round solution for all seasons riding. It's, uh, it's a pretty solid prospect. It looks really, really resilient and the kind of bike you can rely on. Yeah, totally. So, obviously, reliability is a huge thing whenever you're riding off-road and just making sure, you know, uh, you've got enough clearance that you're not going to ruin your bike if you're going through any deep mud or anything like that but it's this balance between sturdiness and light footedness as well so uh, it's just really fun to ride as well we've got a very different geometry concept on this bike compared to the old bike it's uh, the whole classic of like adding stability and maintaining agility but it's much more progressive in terms of its geometry compared to the predecessor and it's solid across all terrain I mean personally I'm riding this bike with slick tyres at the moment with mud guards it's just a great all-weather bike it's uh, not just for off-road riding and what were the design challenges and innovations you put on this bike Quite a lot going on really, so integration that makes sense was a key factor and like, you know, integrating things like storage, so got load down tube storage there in the down tube you can put um, with a with specific clip system for the pump, for the mini tool, also space for the tool pack as well where you got your uh, inner tube, CO2, CO2 inflator and then we've got this really cool, the, the, we call it the, the Fidlock Quick Loader which uses the Fidlock magnetic system, it's a really clean strapless back system that just like clips in and out in seconds and actually it's like integrates with the whole aerodynamic concept of the bike as well and we even proved it in the wind tunnel, it's 1.1.5 watts faster with the, uh, with the pack as well as without and then up to the cockpit as well we've got a new interface as well we call the gear groove and that's basically opening up a whole ecosystem of uh, accessories that you can bolt onto the front of the bike and that's something we're going to be expanding into the future as well onto other, other road products as well so it's uh, there's a lot going on. Right, James, that brings us to the end of our walkthrough of Ruler Live 2023. My next job is to go onto stage and interview Garrett Thomas. I saw him earlier on in the green room with a pizza and a beer, so he's obviously in full off-season mode. And uh, what have you got planned for the rest of the day? Well, I was fortunately able to get three minutes to photograph him uh, earlier, and we had a, found a really, a really cool spot, so that was cool. Uh, so I want to edit those. I got to come back and shoot all of the stands. We got only about two hours left, so it's gonna be a busy two hours. Enjoy your last two hours at Rulo Live, James. See you, bud. You have been listening to Rulo Conversations. Rulo Conversations is made by the editorial staff of Rulo Magazine. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Rulo and on Instagram at Rulo Magazine, or visit our website at Rulo.cc. This edition of Rulo Conversations was produced by Joseph Perry of Content is Queen. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.